Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Real Talk. It's Lucas here, and I hope that today's episode informs and inspires you to have your own real conversations. As always, today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Trivan, maker of trucks, trailers, and enclosure buildings tailored to your needs. Be sure to check them out at trivan.com. A huge thanks to them for sponsoring the show and making it possible. One other quick note before we get into today's episode is that if you are willing and able, if you could leave a review, preferably a five-star one, on any of the podcast networks or platforms that allow for it, such as Spotify or Apple Podcasts, that will be much appreciated as it helps get the word out there and lets people know what we're all about. So with that in mind, on to the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. This is uh, this is a fun one coming up for everybody. Uh, I'm excited to, uh, to chat with today's guest. She is the newest member of the Reform Perspective team. You may have seen her in um, productions such as RP TV, but now she is joining uh, RP uh, full time for a four month period, and then we will see what future holds after that. So, starting in the new year, which by the time you listen to this, probably will be the new year. So. Happy New Year to anybody listening right now. And uh, today's guest is Alexandra Ellison. So first of all, just thanks for coming on and joining us, Alexandra. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to, yeah, just talk about a little bit more about RP and plans for the future. Totally, totally. So I think before we we get to the future, which is, uh, we were just chatting pre-show, is obviously very exciting about the work you're you're going to be able to do as a journalist with Reform Perspective and and the topics, the important topics you'll be able to cover in depth. Uh, we should probably just get to know you and uh, see what you're all about. Because for what I understand, you've had a bit of an interesting path kind of uh, leading up to connections finally and landing this job with with RP. So maybe just tell us a little bit um, about who you are, where you grew up, um, what kind of got you interested in this, uh, in this career path, and just a little bit about who Alexandra is. Yeah, so I was born and raised in uh, Victoria, BC. So I'm a, a West Coast Island person. I'm I'm actually here visiting family right now, and I so I was uh, I'm the middle of five siblings. So it's a busy uh, busy home, um, Christian family. So we grew up going to a local PCA church, which um, turned into another uh, church plant that we were kind of a part of. So. Lots of long, long nights having dinners in like church, uh, old churches. And so I'm really grateful for um, for my upbringing and, you know, the fact that I was uh, raised in a Christian home and was able to hear the gospel at uh, such a young age. Um, but my my interests kind of uh, lean towards a mix of everything. As as a kid, we we're super involved in sports. So I come from a big basketball family, so most most weekends consisted of uh you know going to basketball tournaments and uh, that was kind of a a big part of growing up um but i kind of had that interest for uh storytelling actually um when i was around 11 years old i loved uh collecting american girl dolls so i'm actually in my childhood room right now and i have a six foot five dollhouse that my dad and i uh built um when i was a kid so they have all these uh you know different rooms and i would collect all this stuff um but during that time it was around like 2013 it was kind of uh American Girl doll videos on YouTube were kind of a big trend. So uh, there, people would do stop animation videos where you would take pictures and then move the dolls and then take pictures and then string all the clips together and then add voiceovers to it. And I was like watching that as a kid and I'm like, I could I could do something like that. So I ended up uh, like stealing my dad's camera and uh, throwing together some some videos. And I, I started being pretty consistent with it. And then I ended up actually growing a bit of a platform. Um, so I think it was like, by the time I was 13, I was asking uh, for my parents' credit card information to send to Google AdSense. So I was able to uh, start start making some money off of it. Um, but because of that uh, influence, I was, you know, kind of writing scripts. I was telling stories. A lot of them were, you know, funny, comedic things. And I was learning like the process of all these, uh, you know, process of edit editing videos. And it's funny kind of looking back on that because that's a lot of the stuff that I'm now now doing today. Um, but I, I did that actually up until just like my final years 
of high school. And then YouTube had this thing called uh, YouTube copper rules where you couldn't make money off of uh, children's content. So I that kind of faded out and I was uh, pretty involved in basketball at the time. Um, so I ended up uh, studying, I ended up staying in Victoria my first year of college and um, playing basketball and, and then studying business, just kind of general studies. I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do. And then, um, and then I ended up uh, transit kind of looking back into my later years and kind of praying about it, speaking with uh, some mentors in my life. And after COVID had hit, basketball's over. Um, then you know the opportunity came for me to kind of head to journalism school, and that's kind of yeah. I don't know if I want to go ahead more, talk more about that or. Well, yeah, no, that's that's a great primer. <laughs> that's that's a super interesting way to get into uh, storytelling and, and making content online. That was uh, yeah, that was back in the glory days of YouTube in terms of like making money and less restrictions and before the apocalypse and and all that kind of stuff. Um, what uh, like how how big did this channel get? Like how many subs did you get? Yeah, so the channel had or like fifteen thousand subscribers and then like over like. 4 million views. So we kind of had, there were some videos, the series, it was called The Dentist. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, this doll goes to a dentist and has this like, you know, crazy experience, the dentist like poking at her teeth. Um, And the first video got like 300,000 views. And then my dad was like, okay, we have to keep making these ones. So we kept, we made it into a series. I think I made like seven episodes of that. My dad would come in, we'd, he would record voices as well. And we would pitch, uh, pitch his voice so that it would sound uh, like higher. Cause it's like these little, yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. That's amazing. That's uh that's a super cool thing to do with your, with your dad. That's, that's a lot of fun. Okay. Right on. So, okay. So you, you got the storytelling aspect into YouTube, uh, basketball, big part of your life too. And then COVID kind of cuts that short but it seems like it was a bit of a blessing in disguise allows you to focus a little more on your studies and, and then kind of take this tack into journalism. So was your interest in journalism um, primarily because you like stories and the storytelling aspect, or did you go into it with a bit of a, more of a mission mindset? Like, Oh, I care about this cause and I want to tell stories about this. Um, What was kind of your thought process heading into journalism school? Yeah. So kind of the first process behind it was, I was kind of thinking more the storytelling angle. I didn't know necessarily what stories I wanted to tell, but just because I had these skills, I was thinking, well, this could be a good angle. For me, I wasn't exposed to a lot of maybe independent media. Um, Like coming from the West Coast, I think it's very normalized for us to just have the CBC running in the background. Um, So so having that perspective, I was like, okay, I'm going to go into this field, but I don't necessarily know what the end goal is going to be just because of my um, strong Christian convictions. And I'm like, you know, how, as a Christian, can I even work in something like mainstream media? Um, so then what um, what really changed for me was after um, completing my first year of uh, journalism school in Toronto, I uh, actually, my pastor's wife had told me about this program and it's called uh, the World Journalism Institute. And it's a two and a half week program um, hosted by uh, World Magazine. And it's at in Iowa at Dort University. And it's an intense training for like 25 uh, college journalism students on um, becoming, on being a Christian journalist. So they w- would teach uh, like terms like biblical objectivity and how as Christians, we can, we can really tell the truth um, we can tell the truth better because, you know, knowing the gospel, we we have an objective reality. And it was really, really exciting to be able to connect and meet all these different Christians that are interested in the same field as me. Um, and just seeing that uh, there there are there is opportunity out there for young Christian journalists. And it was cool because they brought in lawyers from um, Alliance Defending Freedom. So the people that had overturned uh, Roe v. Wade. And we were able, they were able to come in and mock press conferences and we learned different skills, uh, like all the podcasting skills, all the um, video skills and and all the writing. And it was super intense. I didn't really sleep at all. Um, but that was uh, like a really life-changing experience just to uh, get connected with uh, different uh, Christian journalists, just because I didn't necessarily have that during my undergraduate degree. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's super neat. That sounds like a very like interesting and informative experience. And it seems like it really captivated your interest and like made you want to pursue it further. 
So you come back from that then, right? So then you you go further in, in your studies in journalism. Um, so um, I guess how far along are you now? Like, are you, are you all finished? Where is that all at? And what kind of experiences did you, did you have uh, in Toronto? And I understand you, you you moved to Ottawa at a certain point. So tell, tell us a bit about like your time uh, between Toronto and Ottawa and, and those, some of those experiences. Yeah, so after... After I had uh, finished that uh, journalism, uh, World Journalism Institute program, um, then I headed off uh, to finish one more year of school in Toronto. So I finished, I, I graduated uh, this past summer. Um, and over over the course of my undergraduate degree, I was able to kind of take on different opportunities, like, you know, writing for the student union, kind of more uh, blog style posts, you know, kind of, you know, what students are doing on campus, very kind of broad general broad kind of topics um but then i was able to kind of get an opportunity to uh write for world on a freelance contract basis as a canadian correspondent um so i've been doing that since last year so during that time i've been able to report on a bunch of different stories um you know a lot of stories on euthanasia especially what's happening in canada lots of americans you know, don't don't necessarily know what what is happening with the and how severe um, the situation has gotten, um, but so I was able to 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 finish off my um, undergraduate degree. I had to actually uh, finish an internship, so I uh, did an internship at uh, the CBC this past summer. So I did write about it for Reform Perspective um, in the latest magazine and. It, it was a really great experience in being able to, uh, I think just to be a Christian in a space like that is a very challenging spot. Um, but I was able to learn a lot of really great skills that I think um, I'll be able to take working, working in independent media. Um, and I think it's important for Christians to be in places like that, because sometimes when you're in those like very uh, niche kind of echo chambers, all you here is the same kind of constant ideas being uh spewed around but then having someone actually come in there with a different different opinion different voice i think is really important um to have that so i i finished up that cbc internship this past summer graduated and then i moved to ottawa in september because i've been doing uh the arpa internship so uh, half the week I was doing worldview training at the ARPA office, and then half the week I was working on uh, Parliament Hill for the past four months. So doing that, and then also doing um, RPTV stuff. So it's been it's been busy past four months, but it's been exciting. Yeah, that sounds busy, but that does sound like a ton of fun. Okay, there's a couple areas to dive in there. So um, okay, let's let's go back to the CBC, and then we'll, then we'll hit some ARPA stuff and 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 Parliament Hill because uh, yeah, I. Some listeners may know this, but I used to work on Parliament Hill. This is going back like six years ago. I did the the Brain and Boot internship, so I actually worked for for Arnold Vierson. So I was watching uh, your RPTV with him, and I was like, ah, yeah, fond memories. <laughs> he has not changed a bit. So, anywho, okay, let's go back to the CBC. So, what was like your biggest lesson from from your time at the CBC? Like, you do this, um, you know, is required for, uh, from a school perspective. You need to have an internship, but like, what did you what did you learn there? Was there like and I'm, I'm using the word like too much, so I'm just becoming self-conscious of that right now. Was there a uh, uh, an experience or like a lesson you really drew out of that time? Um, are, are they more professional? Is that a fair thing to say about the CBC? Or what, what, like, what did you learn from, from your time at the CBC, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so I think part of it, I, I mainly was going in to kind of get that production kind of perspective I was working for like a live radio newscast so we the hours were from like 3 a.m to 11 a.m and we were doing a show on the hour from starting from five o'clock to 11 a.m so in that sense it was a lot of breaking news that I never really personally had to you know report on any issues where you know I was feeling you know this was going against my Christian values. Um, but I think like the biggest thing for me was just kind of interacting with the other interns and with different coworkers who maybe had never necessarily even met a Christian before. Um, it, so I think that that was really that was really interesting because I think I, I, I spoke about in my piece, there was a reporter that was reporting on a story and she was so confused that there was a church, service that was happening inside of a um 
inside of a bait like a a basement or like a an old mall there was a church service that was happening inside of an old mall and she didn't she couldn't even comprehend the fact that this small church plant was happening inside of there so it's just kind of not having you know it's a lot of people that are reporting on issues like religion religion or issues that are happening in the church but they they don't even have um any kind of historical church knowledge um so i i think that that was that was something interesting to learn um just not not saying that people have that and um that's why it's important to be interacting um and as christians being working in all different fields because um i, I mean our voices are so um important mm-hmm. do you think that's a large factor in um the the leftward bias of, of mainstream media that they don't even consider yeah, they don't have this this knowledge of like what a Christian actually stands for. Yeah, and I think that's like the the biggest issue that they had was it was more looking, you know, they want to kind of fit the uh, diversity quotas. Um, but in many sense, you could look across the room and go, wow, there's, you know, all these people. It's very multicultural from, you know, different. They're all from different, you know, countries or something like that. Um, yet in reality, it's just kind of the outside look. Um, you know, most people are quite uh, left leaning, and um, so yeah, I think I think that 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 reflects in a lot of the reporting that uh, we see today. And I think that uh, they it's something that really needs to be challenged. And I I think there's also a lot of ethical issues when it comes to the the government funding of the organization, but. Uh, that's on a on a different level. Mm-hmm. No, that's a topic in and of itself. Did you, um, and maybe that your time there was too short to kind of get a sense of this, but uh, we've seen many organizations, news organizations over the last couple of years uh, have, have many layoffs, just the way the industry is going. It's more and more difficult to make money, hence the government subsidies, uh, and then the ethical challenges that arise on uh, account of that. But the CBC, of course, publicly funded, less uh, has less pressure in that regard did you get a sense that you were working in a place where like things were downsizing uh, and things were heading in a, in a downward direction or are they more insulated from that given the, the steady stream of funding that the cbc has yeah i think uh no they they were still lots of the staff um they take on a lot of like contract freelancers so they don't necessarily even hire a lot of people. So I think it's like almost two thirds of the staff, um, young staff don't actually have like a, a stable job there. So they are still, although they get that um, government funding, they they still feel the kind of hits, especially because a lot of uh, a lot of the shows that they have actually don't get, especially in, in some parts like Alberta, they really don't get too many views or too many clicks. So um, as much as the government funding helps, it's not you know, it's still it's still a, a industry that uh, in many sense it could be dying in, in the mainstream sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. They, they definitely still have to sell ads. So I'm sure if, they're, if their metrics are down, that's mm-hmm. that's hurting them. Um, OK, let's shift into, uh, well, ARPA and then kind of RP. Um, what was your so you grew up on the West Coast, um, not like you go to a PCA church, but not part of like the typical uh, Dutch reformed in terms of like the Canarsie, URC kind of world. So for, for many of our listeners, of course, those are the churches they kind of attend. So for someone like yourself, it seems to come out of the blue, out of the West Coast. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is fantastic. But like, how did you hear about like ARPA and, and what was the connection there originally? Yeah, so this was last, last January. I um, was writing a story on it was about um josh alexander he had been uh protesting against uh like transgender ideology happening in his school in ontario and um i needed to find you know a voice from a lawyer to uh speak to for a story so i was you know just doing some news gathering research and then i found an article that uh andre shooten had wrote um, something about constitutional freedoms and I uh, had reached out to him and then that was actually really like my first kind of uh, yeah understanding finding out what ARPA does and um, I thought that that was really exciting I'm like I'm a reformed Christian and I I um, yeah I would love to get involved in politics in some way so then um, that was in January that I had done an interview with Andre and then uh, shortly after that, they had announced that they were doing an internship program. So then I was like, oh, yeah, I might as well apply. And I'm graduating this year. I don't necessarily know uh, what I wanted to like 
where I want to go. So uh, I thought it was a great opportunity. And um, it's it's been uh, like such a blessing, just all the people that I've been able to meet down there and um, all of the worldview training that they've been able to give. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to dive into a bit of what you've been learning uh, over the course of, of this past fall with ARPA, some of this worldview training? Um, is it, of course, like you've, you've done a, an undergraduate degree now. So like what kind of level is this training at and like who who's kind of participating um, in this program? Yeah. So we had um, we had uh, three interns um, and we would our first kind of two and a half days of the week, we'd be working in an MP's office. So I was working with uh, MP Kelly Block. So um, those first two and a half days was strictly on the Hill. And then we would come two and a half days to work in the ARPA office. And uh, lots of the classes, we kind of uh, started off by getting a, like from a a legal perspective, and then also kind of just uh, a background into politics. I really wanted to kind of take this on because my my degree is uh, specifically on like media communications and journalism. Um, so and a lot of learning a lot more technical skills rather than maybe some of uh, the history or uh, research um, in regards to specific political issues. So I really wanted to get that understanding. And I also went to a secular institution. So um, it was really great. We were able to uh, just kind of really understanding uh, Christian history and how like here in Canada, like the reason why that we have a lot of the rights today is because um, of Christianity. And we did a lot of courses on that. And we also had uh, a lot of guest speakers come in for the kind of second half where we focused on a lot of issues, whether um, it's regards to euthanasia, abortion. um, And yeah, so we would have assignments sometimes. um, So it's, you know, similar to maybe uh, like a kind of a university program where you would end in assignments. We didn't get graded on anything, but it's nice to be able to learn and to be able to get good feedback without uh, having to have a, a red marks all over your work. So I really enjoyed um, that kind of first part. And then the the second part of uh, technically, I'll still be uh, working as part of the internship in uh, January in a different MP's office. The plan was kind of to go to provincial legislatures, um, but then uh, it was a little bit hard because it's kind of the first year of the program. So then we're going to stay in Ottawa for another four months. Right on. Cool. Well, yeah, maybe you want to share with our listeners a bit about what that work on the Hill is like exactly. So you're working for Kelly Block, if memory serves me correctly, that's a Saskatchewan MP. Um, and so, yeah, what's what's it like working in an MP's office? Yeah, so it, it's it's really fun because there's always, I mean, you you have done the same thing, right? So there's always something new. Um, and so it's a lot, it kind of just depends on, you know, I've spoken to other people that work in MP's office and they will do completely different jobs. Um, but I was able to do a lot of uh, kind of play to my strengths and do a lot of uh, social media work, a lot of writing, um, just kind of keeping up with uh, the issues and um, just like kind of always just, uh, you know, being prepared. You can get to go to question period sometimes and, you know, see Pierre and Trudeau kind of, you know, always it, it's it's really fun. It's just you get you get um, like a house pass as well. So you can kind of have access to run around uh, all over the place and the uh, cafeteria is very cheap. So that's one perk of working on the hill. True, true. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a fun environment. Eh? Like it's, it's fast paced, but it, it's like, it's all people do. Like if you work in that, I found it was like, it's very all consuming, but yeah, it's uh yeah, I was able to do a bunch of similar things on the social media side. And um, the, what is, there's a name for the newsletters that MP send out to, uh, Oh yeah, like the MP report kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. F- I thought there was a certain name for it, but anywho, yeah. If you ask Arnold, he's got all sorts of stories about or the crazy holders, like the, there we the go. papers that yeah. you sent design. Yeah, 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 yeah. holders. Those are fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a, it's a cool job. It's definitely uh, mm-hmm. yeah. You learn a lot, and uh, and the people are are generally pretty good. Um, okay, cool. So we did, we talked about ARPA a bit and of course I'm assuming that was kind of the, the connection to reform perspective once you kind of enter that sort of world, cause RP and, and ARPA are pretty closely connected in a lot of ways. Actually, it, so it actually wasn't. Oh, so, okay. um, yeah, so I, I was able to get connected with Mark and John, um, this past summer because I saw that they had attended 
um, this previous year, this year's um, World Journalism Institute at Dort. Mm -hmm. So I I saw that they made a video and I was like, um, and then the program director had reached out to me and was like, hey, there were some Canadians that were here this year. And I'm like, that would be great to, yeah, be able to reach out. Um, so we set up a Zoom call in the summer just to kind of talk with them and um, it was kind of cool that we had that connection. And I actually didn't know um, all Mark's background with ARPA. So after finding that out, that was that was pretty cool to kind of see how God puts different people in your lives. Um, just, you know, you never know what what could kind of come out of it. Yeah, that's uh, that's super cool. So providential. OK, uh, well, let, let's chat a bit about the RPTV then. So this has kind of been a, a, a new project uh, that RP's taken on and, and you've led the charge. Uh, creating these episodes uh, with with the other two gens over from uh, Faith to Film, um, yeah, maybe give our listeners uh, who haven't checked it out um, kind of an overview of like certain topics you've covered, what the kind of mission of uh, or the point, the purpose of this little program is, and then maybe uh, some future episode ideas or future topics you plan on covering. Yeah, so um, some of so RPTV is. Um, kind of a offshoot uh, video production that we've um, been working on. So, um, so some of the videos that I've done have been uh, kind of news oriented. So there was uh, the first video that I did was the One Million uh, Children March. So that happened in September in Ottawa. So uh, being in Ottawa, there's kind of protests that happen all the time. So this was kind of more of a you know breaking news sort of story. Um, but then we've also kind of uh, wanted to be able to do news stories as well as more profile or like longer standing stories. So I've been able to, you know, profile someone with the uh, Canadian Center for Bioethical Reform. So like a, a pro-life advocacy group. And then I've also able to been able to do a few videos with members of parliament. So we did um, we did a video with Arnold Bierson, um about his uh, work to combat pornography um, and then also we were able to do a recent video with Kathy Wagenthal on all of the pro-life legislation that she's put over the year. So it's been great being in Ottawa to um, be able to, you know, really be on the ground and, and speaking with uh, the people that are, you know, really working to put forth um, these different bills. And then uh, we've plans for the future is that we're hoping to kind of keep uh, the magazine, keep the podcast, and then keep the videos um, a bit more cohesive in a sense that we're going to have a, a magazine story and then have a video that kind of uh, will direct you to that and, and have a similar theme to it. Um, because uh, right now we're having trouble with the sense of some, there's some news stories, but then there's some more uh, broader topic stories. So we're hoping to kind of be able to connect that. So um, in the new year, we're going to be working on uh, just just getting more uh, cohesive. But it's been really exciting and um, great working with uh, Kyle and David. To, they've been doing a great job editing the videos. Yeah, for sure. I've been really impressed by the quality and uh, I think it's fantastic. So I'm excited to see what you guys uh, continue to produce. Are there any... Um, yeah, it's like topics or issues that are near and dear to your heart or, or things you find interesting that you're you're thinking, okay, in 2024, you know, let's, I, I hope we can cover some of these issues or, or talk about these people or anything like that. Yeah, so um, during actually the ARPA internship, uh, we read a, bun um, a bunch of books. And one of the books that um, has really stood out to me is uh, Them Before Us by Katie Faust. Um, so what she does is she she really talks about, um, you know, the issues in today's age about um, IVF and surrogacy. And I would love to be able to um, talk more about that. I think it's a conversation, conversation, especially in Canada, that is really not spoken about, especially I think um, sometimes it's not spoken about within the church. Um, so I'd love to be able to cover issues like that. She really emphasizes uh, on how children's rights should be put over um, adults' rights and just really um, emphasizing the significance of the family and having a mother and a father in your life. So I would, yeah, really like to focus on, you know, family issues. And yeah, so that's kind of maybe some some of the interests where some of my interests lie. 
Mm-hmm. That's definitely a topic people care about and are interested in. Like we did an episode. Um, I did actually, I did that one with uh, Justina Van Man and it's going back. It would have been earlier this year, but we talked all about IVF, um, snowflake adoption, all these kind of things and the, the ethics around it. And yeah, I think it isn't talked about enough and more and more people are facing uh, <clears throat> fertility issues. So it's, it's going to continue to be a, an important topic. So yeah, looking forward to, to seeing what you guys can cover on that and uh, yeah, get some expert opinions and, and bring it all together in a, a nice little video, which by the way, people, uh, you can totally check that out on, on YouTube. So for anybody who's already watching this on uh, the real talk, YouTube, you should just head over to reform perspectives, YouTube channel. If you type in RPTV. I found actually just type in RPTV. TV still didn't come up. So you got to make sure you uh, type in reform perspective because uh, I guess, I don't know, YouTube censoring it or, or whatnot, or if we're just not good at the algorithm game and, and SEO, but go find it, check it out, subscribe, hit the bell notification and, and make sure you uh, find all the new episodes of, of RPTV because it's some, some good content for sure. Um, okay. So maybe I just want to throw back to, to a question I thought about earlier in terms of kind of your, your journey into the journalism space. So uh, we talked a bit about your love of story and the American Doll YouTube channel and whatnot. And then you go down to to do this world journalism uh, training for for two weeks or so. Um, do you did you ever have any sort of interest in politics or did you kind of just get into politics over time as a function of being in, in journalism? And, you know, of course, a lot of journalism revolves around politics. Uh, was that an interest for you growing up or it's been something more gradual uh, over the years? Yeah, I, I think it has been something more gradual, um, but uh, both my parents are teachers. So um, our conversations around the dinner table where we would talk about politics a lot. So I think it's it's always been something that um, has, you know, and especially I think just taking in our Christian convictions. It's it's always been something that, you know, we think that we need to be able to speak out on a lot of these issues. Um, so I think that yeah, from a young age, I, I did uh, like model UN in high school. So I was into kind of international issues. So then it was just kind of that transition in the sense that journalism and politics are, yeah, quite related. So then, um, yeah, so it, it kind of came just naturally. And I think um, at, at first when I was a kid, we were obsessed with like American politics. I think we get a lot of you know, U.S. media, so the kind of Daily Wire type Ben Shapiro stuff you see all the time. Um, but I would, yeah, love for for us to get more more good, you know, Christian conservative content uh, within Canada. Mm-hmm, for sure, uh, the American media, yeah, it's it's everywhere. It's uh, it's in your face all the time. So I don't I don't blame you on that one. Um, okay, cool. So. Let's maybe look towards the future a little bit in terms of uh, probably when people are listening to this, it'll be it'll be January 2024. So you're on a four month uh, kind of contract with RP and then hopefully with plans to to go full time if, if you know, Lord willing, if all of that uh, kind of works out. Uh, but what are some of your plans for the next uh, four months with RP um, in terms of like the type of content you'll be doing? Are you going to be doing a, a bunch of writing? Are you going to be doing uh, more and more RPTV stuff? Um I think from what I understand, you, you'll be available to kind of jump on the podcast now and again. So we might see you as a, as a regular guest on, on the roundups. That'd be, you're more than welcome to jump on and do that. But uh, yeah, what, what are kind of your plans and, and what's kind of the guidance you've, you've got from RP as to what the next four months will look like for you and, and the kind of content you'll do? Yeah. So, so far we've, um, we've kind of discussed, it's going to just really be a, a mix of everything. Um, so I'll be kind of taking on uh, about, you know, two days a week. Um, working. So whether that is writing, um, I'm assuming I'm going to be yeah doing a lot of writing for the magazine. I know that they really want to be able to have, you know, just a bunch more pieces, a bunch more kind of quality um, content. And then um, for videos, as I kind of spoke about, we're hoping to maybe do maybe do a few less videos, but just have them be kind of top notch quality. And um yeah, so maybe more uh, being able to direct people from the magazine to watch the videos so that we can kind of keep that um, targeted audience. And then I'm hoping to be able to, you know, help out with the the weekly newsletter and just kind of get a hand at uh, trying different things. I've never really um, had this kind of print magazine experience before. It's been a lot more digital. So I'm excited to see uh, kind of the background and just see how everything has been 
uh, thrown together because although I've um, written some stuff for RP, I've kind of just more thrown it off, uh, thrown it off to John to make some edits rather than uh, be on the on on the grounds working. So I'm excited to to get yeah get started. Yeah, yeah, it's become quite the team like over the last couple of years. If I if I take off my podcast host hat and put on my my inside the RP hat on, on sitting on the board, um, yeah, there's just a ton of like part time contributors and, and Mark and John kind of hold down the fort and, and organize everybody and, and make sure the magazine gets out on time, which uh, is had a you know a great track record over last year, which was a big problem in the past. So I think the organization's taking great steps forward and uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be really cool to see what you guys can, can accomplish over the next few months. I, I just, and this is, this wasn't on the outline or anything, but I thought this might be an interesting question I, I would pose to you. So I'm 25 on the younger side of things, certainly for, for people involved in RP. Um, and I've seen like so for myself, I've kind of been off social media since like the summer and it's been a great experience. I don't really miss it that much. I did like social media a lot. Like I mentioned, I I did it in Ottawa. It's a, it's a lot of fun, but it was just whatever. I was like, ah, I don't really feel like I'm getting a lot of value out of this. And it's just a lot of time wasted. So I'm, where I'm going with this though is in my mind, I think there is going to be a bit of a shift, at least maybe amongst uh, conservative Christians uh, in terms of moving back toward more traditional types of media, not all traditional types of media, like, you know, like podcast instead of radio perhaps, but like print is pretty, uh, pretty hard to censor. And I think RP has a really uh, unique uh, spot and unique ability right now with uh, the distribution that we have on the print magazine. Like it goes to 10,000 homes. So that's at least, you know, in theory, 10,000 readers and and you can multiply that a little more uh, versus this podcast do like 2000. So I think it's, uh, it's pretty cool. This, this opportunity we have in print and I'm kind of curious, you're, um, for your feedback, your perspective on that, being another young person involved growing up in a, in a media age, an internet age, um, doing journalism primarily online. Um, do you see amongst like your peers, uh, maybe some sort of shift away from like, just even just taking a break from social media and not consuming content, uh, in that media as much, or am I just a complete outlier and I'm just wishing this trend upon people and it's just here to stay and it's just going to keep getting stronger. Yeah, no, I I totally see totally see that shift of kind of transitioning away um, from from social media. Like I found for myself during COVID, I was on TikTok wasting. I found like a lot of time. Oh yeah, and I I deleted TikTok like a year ago, and I think you know just really not not having that. And then you know I've kind of been going back and forth with you know wanting to delete all types of social media like Twitter and like instagram but then part of me wants to still keep it because i think you know twitter nowadays i think can be good to kind of stay informed on you know what is happening and it has kind of gotten into like niche echo chambers where i find most of the content i'm seeing is very like you know christian based and i i do enjoy that you know i think we like to see content that um yeah content that we that we appreciate that we're actually interested in um but I, I definitely see that shift in having something that, you know, is like tactile that you can hold on to. Um, and something like a magazine is something that, you know, I, I know that subscription boxes have been like a large trend in, you know, people ordering stuff and getting shipped something monthly shipped to their house. Um, so I think in the same sense, having something like a magazine, you know, can sit on your coffee table and, you know, all people can read, I think is something uh yeah and and a space that has no sense censorship like a print magazine is really important and i've even i've even found myself um i li- used to listen to a lot of audiobooks um but i've even found myself recently just purchasing actual hardcover books um <laughs> just because you know it doesn't you know it doesn't hurt your eyes or you know you're not listening to something constantly you know you really have to almost put that extra effort in and um take in take in that knowledge and one thing I found, I used to work at a uh, pharmacy and we would get the local papers and, you know, all the print papers in every day. And I had uh, one of the guys come in and tell me that uh, he's like an older man. And he said, you know, you should read the newspaper every day because it forces you to read stuff that you don't necessarily want to read um, because you kind of have to read it front cover to back cover. Unlike when you're reading something on your phone or your laptop, you can kind of click off, you know, go to the next story. 
Um, but just having that paper, you have to kind of go front to front to back and then have to read through everything. So I'm hoping that people will see that shift as well. Yeah, no, that's actually a really good point. I, I kind of forgot about that. I was at a couple of weeks ago, I was at, uh, an older, uh, person's home in between, uh, services on a Sunday. And, uh, and this older fellow had, uh, had a paper at his house, like the national post. And I used to, my parents used to get it like way back in the day. Like I, I remember like I would, it'd be like the sports section. So this isn't anything crazy, but like when I was like 12, whatever, read the paper just for fun. But like, yeah, the whole, just even the act of like flipping through it. I'm like, ah, oh, this is, has like some nostalgic feel to it. It's, it's, this just never gets done. And, and yeah, the, the point is great about, you have to like, at least like breeze through the, the, the opinion sections and the stories you're not really interested in at least like, okay, read that through. Okay. I'm not that interested. Move on next page sort of thing. But uh, yeah, the, the echo chamber thing is, yeah, it's a problem. So I hope people kind of shift to a more tactile world. I think people do appreciate it. Even um, I, I see it for myself in business too, right? Like people, people like a personal touch. If you're not afraid to, to get on the phone, to talk to them and to, uh, to deal with their issues uh, in a, in a personal manner, well, like one-to-one instead of like, sort of like through email even, or just in a more, uh, yeah, less personal way, let's say um, people, people don't like that as much. So I think, uh, the shift to something more tactile is hopefully something that will continue to happen. And, uh, it would be great for us at, at RP cause I think we're well positioned to, uh, to reach people and to, uh, to capitalize on that. Um, uh, we've kind of worked through a ton of the outline, honestly, you're, uh, you're very, uh, adept at bringing things together quickly. So I, I appreciate that. Um, but I wanted to just kind of open the floor to any other topics you're interested about or interested in. Um, one that comes to mind is just like maybe a general update on like what's going on in Ottawa, kind of a federal politics update. Um, we're recording this like heading into the Christmas break. So things will kind of chill out and, and settle down for a while in Ottawa until the to the MPs get back again, probably late January. Um, so kind of maybe give us a bit of a recap of like what's what's gone on uh, during the fall session and um, and where do things stand uh, broadly in, in federal politics? Some of the some of the key issues right now. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's been interesting kind of just being there and and seeing all of the the issues rolling out on, you know, a daily basis. I think the beginning of September was uh kind of big when we, you know, had Justin Trudeau coming in uh, you know, accusing the Indian government of uh, you know, assassinating a, a Canadian citizen on Canadian soil. So that kind of hit things right off with the bang. So, um, you know, in regards to um, you know, the kind of international relations that's kind of been a big story following um these kind of past four months um but then you know in regards to kind of the tension between uh conservatives and liberals we've seen a lot um with regards to the carbon tax so we saw the other day we had the big uh 30 hours of kind of house debates constant so it's it's been it's been busy um there's lots of talk for uh, a spring election. I don't know if I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I think that they said that last year as well. Um, but I mean, uh, you know, coming from you know working working for conservative MPs, I think it's it's been exciting, kind of uh, just just uh, you know speaking with constituents and uh, hearing uh, how the movement um, has been going and just about uh, yeah, I think that there is. Uh, hope for one thing that I, I didn't know that I would see um, working on the Hill was just the amount of Christians that are uh, that are working there. Like every Friday we have uh, something called Parliament Hill Christian Fellowship. And I you kind of when you're at, sitting at home watching the TV and seeing things happen, you're like, what is going on right with our with our government? Um, and then just seeing that there are there are solid Christians that are working on the ground um, that really believe, um, that really, you know, have strong convictions in regards to, you know, many different issues. Um, and just, just seeing that is like really encouraging because it's, it's something that it's easy to kind of get down on and, you know, just look at your TV and want to shut it off or, you know, so that that's been one thing that just has been really encouraging. Um, and yeah, I'm just, been grateful for for that kind of uh, support and seeing you know how people have been connected either yeah through on the hill or you know just the people working at ARPA um, working to kind of work on different like pro life issues or yes mm-hmm, for sure that's a that's a great point to uh, for all of us to remember I think I was that surprised me too when I when I went to work on the hill a number of years ago already just the amount of Christians that were 
in that place and, and working working on Parliament Hill. It can seem so uh, so dark and so dreary, and you know all the headlines are, are bad coming out of Ottawa, especially especially these days. It feels like so. It is good to know that there are uh, faithful Christians laboring in in that work environment, and that uh, yeah, we should we should keep them in our prayers and and keep an optimistic view. Like there, there are some wins and, uh, there is not that Pierre is, is the end all be all or anything, but do you feel, um, that like the polling is, is bearing out in terms of feedback he's you've seen from constituents or what you're hearing from, uh, fellow, uh, fellow staffers on the Hill or, or MPs, is there some real momentum behind, um, the conservative party right now? And, and do you, yeah, is that, is that bearing out in, in real life? Yeah, no, I mean, I think the, yeah, the polling is, is really showing kind of the the huge advantage that uh, conservatives have um, over the liberals right now. I'm I'm sure like many have said that you know if an election were to happen today, it would you know be a conservative majority, um, which yeah would would be quite exciting. But I think you mentioned it's really important not to kind of look to politicians as as our guide, as our you know savior or something like that. Um, one one thing that uh, was really important I found the other day, we had a guest speaker at uh, the Christian Fellowship, and he was just talking about how um, they run this prayer group and just about how when uh, Stephen Harper was uh, prime minister, it was quite easy for them to have people come in and, you know, come in to pray for our leader. Um, and then when they had uh, Trudeau come in, they found it was really hard for people to to for people to come in and join their prayer group, um, which just shows this kind of, we are called to pray for our leaders and um, no matter who that is, you know, it, our leaders are ordained by God. So really being, you know, praying through all circumstances is something that's really important. And I think just hearing that made me recognize that it's, it's the gospel that changes everything at the end of the day. And um, that we need to just, yeah, just always have our hearts open to to be praying for the people that are leading our country. So um, that's just something that kind of stood out to me hearing that the other day. It's a good point. It's uh, it can be a tough pill to swallow these days, and and it could be in a precatory prayer. That's that's always on the table as well. Um, but yeah, we we definitely should pray for our leaders regardless of of who they are. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about, and uh, if you don't have an answer, no problem. But um, is there anything going on with the pro life caucus these days? I would assume Kelly Block would be an MP that's involved with that. Um, is there any any movement, any plans with? And just for listeners, the pro life caucus is is a group of MPs in the Hill who meet together who are all uh, pro lifers and, and looking to advance a pro life agenda on Parliament Hill. So is there is there anything going on with the pro life caucus these days in Parliament Hill? Um. There's, there's nothing like nothing too specific that, no. yeah, that I really know about. No. Okay. Fair enough. Yep. Cool. I just figured, yeah, if I guess, cause Kathy Wagenthal kind of took a, a bunch of that momentum lately. So then they'll have to get on there, get on their horse and, and think of something else. Okay, cool. Well, honestly, I think uh, I kind of covered anything uh, I thought about to cover. So I'll just leave the floor open for you. Is there any other issues you want to bring up? Or, I mean, if you have a question for me, by all means, or any, or any questions for for listeners to think about, uh, I'll, I'll open the floor to your thoughts or opinions. Yeah. Well, well, what was kind of like your experience, you had a year working on the Hill. Um, what was something that, uh, kind of stood out to you, um, just kind of being on the ground, um, seeing that. Mm -hmm. I think, well, personally, the biggest experience or the biggest lesson I would, I drew out of that year was I came in as an 18 year old, fresh out of high school. Uh, I had Arnold I can tell you this too. I had, I had hair down to my shoulders uh, which I ended up growing back again just for fun by at the end of it. But anywho, um, so yeah, I was just, I came as like just a kid, didn't really know anything, but had, uh, you know, some, somehow the confidence I could do that job. And, uh, anyways, it worked out. It was just uh, a, a year of, of learning and learning how to become an adult, learning how to work in, in a work environment, in an office environment. I just, you know, did uh, labor summer jobs growing up. So I never, uh, had an experience like that before. So that was, those were some of the, definitely the bigger lessons I drew from that year. I think I made a lot of, a lot of good, interesting, good connections. I think your point about Christians being involved in the Hill, that was definitely a big takeaway for me too. I didn't realize that, uh, and of course, the, not just reform people, there definitely are reform people involved, but just Christians of, of every stripe. And even if we have our, our various different, uh, theological convictions, uh, there's a lot of good faithful, um, uh, 
biblical Christians working on Parliament Hill. And, uh, and I, I'm assuming you've probably been part of like a Thirsty Thursday here or there where they get together. And they... I, I, I haven't went to one yet, but oh, I have okay. heard. <laughs> those are fun. Yeah, those are Arnold likes to get involved in those too. That's it's often in his office in, in 1070 Valor there. So yeah, they're they're a lot of fun and and the Baptists and the Reformed and Pentecostals and everybody in between, they all get into it. The Catholics, of course. So there's there's lots of good fun to be had uh, on the Thursday Thursday theological debates. Um, but yeah, that I would say that's those are kind of my primary like memories or, or lessons from that time period. But um, the other program is called Brain and Boot. I would recommend it for anybody. It's uh, yeah, it's a great experience. So if you want to get in touch uh, with either, yeah, if you want to get, if you want to work on the Hill, you're young, young person listening to this, you're involved in, um, you're coming out of high school or you're finishing your, your degree or you took a gap year or whatnot, and you have an interest in politics, uh, definitely reach out. And uh, I can either probably to Alexandra or, or to myself and we can kind of connect you and see if there's an opportunity there for you to, uh, to experience Parliament Hill. But um, yeah, that's about it for me. Anything else you want to, you want to add before we kind of close up the show, Alexandra? Yeah. I mean, I guess I can uh, promote the uh, ARPA internship for sure as well. Um, I think that they are, yeah, it's, it's really great opportunity. So I think um, they'll be starting it again, most likely this September. Um, and for, yeah, if you're straight out of high school or, you know, finished an undergraduate degree in the middle of one, I think it's, yeah, great for anyone that's just wanting to get a, uh, a feel for politics um, and just also seeing, you know, we, we had a lot of guest speakers come in. So whether it be, um, you know, some people for different organizations like the uh, Evangelical Fellowship of Canada, we went to go visit their office the other day, um, just seeing the different opportunities that are out there, whether it's, you know, something like journalism or, you know, writing public policy, which I didn't even know lots of these jobs existed. So if you're just interested in that, then yeah, I would recommend you um, applying and um, yeah, I think that there's a lot of exciting stuff uh, coming out of, you know, stuff that ARP is doing, stuff that RP is doing. And um, yeah, I'm just excited for the new year and uh, what what God has in store. Fantastic. Well, thanks for thanks for your time. Thanks for joining the show. I uh, just ask all our listeners. Um, yeah, go and go and support the work that RP is doing. Obviously, listening to this podcast is is support. But check out the print version. Uh, it's free. You can just ask for it in your local church if they don't have it. Which they, most churches do. It's in pretty much every Napark church. I think um, that is that's the case now. Uh, across uh, across Canada and the U.S. So if you don't have it, get in touch. We'll get you a copy. It's free. And uh, if you like what we do, feel free to reach out and, and support us, whether uh, that's through your your listenership, your readership, viewership, or uh, if financially, if you want to donate as well, that's uh, that's always an option too. So with that, I think I'll close up the episode. So thanks everybody for listening. And uh, it's been Real Talk. We'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Real Talk. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen or watch the show. If you want to send us your feedback, and we'd love to hear it, please email us at reformedrealtalk at gmail.com. If you want to find us online or social media, we've got a lot of great content there. Just search Reformed Real Talk and we should come right up. This show is created and produced by myself, Lucas Holtfluer, and Tyler Vanderwood. And our wonderful podcast manager who does all the editing is Mariah Tamiga. So we're really thankful for her contribution to the show as well. That's all for now, folks. Thanks for watching or listening, and we'll catch you next time.